Hello and welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. My name is Chris. I'm a husband, a father, and an entrepreneur. My name's Melissa, and I am a wife, mother, former nurse turned real estate investor. And we believe the greatest gift you can give your child is a last name that stands for something. Your last name is your family's brand. If you are a parent who wants to raise your child to know who they are, love who they are, and believe in who they are, this show is for you. We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most important work. This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default. All right, everyone. Well, you're in for a real treat. Um, I'm here with a good friend, Dan Martell. And Dan, I'm so stoked to have you on the Family Brand Podcast, man. Dude, my honor, pleasure. Obviously, you know, I'm a big fan of yourselves and Melissa and the whole family and what you've created. I'm a customer, raving fan customer. So yeah, anything I can do to add value is, is absolutely my pleasure. Well, and by the way, the video that Renee posted um, of the boys, one of your boys was reading your family values, shouting them into the kitchen and your other boy was re- reciting them and yelling them like freaking made my, made my day, made my, warmed my soul, man, to hear the, your boys reading your family values. It's awesome. Yeah, we use it, man. That's amazing. So as you guys heard from the introduction, Dan, very accomplished, very successful entrepreneur, has an amazing family, inspiring husband, inspiring father. And he has a book, uh, an incredible book that is being released uh, this week. And uh, we're going to provide a link for that. Encourage all of you to go buy it. And it's a, the book is called, you know, Buy Back Your Time, right? And a lot of, and, and I heard Dan speak on, I've heard Dan speak about some of these ideas over the years, but he really broke it down, kind of one of his core frameworks, which is just one tiny piece of the book at a mastermind that he and I were at together last summer. And I was just like, the the whole thing going through my mind, Dan, the entire time was like, wow, this is so applicable for families. Because one of the biggest things that Melissa and I hear from entrepreneurial families, which all of you listening know, that's you know who a lot of we serve with, Family Brand. When we ask, oh, no matter how we ask it, in an Instagram story, when we're in a coaching group, biggest challenge facing your family, it's time. We just, we're, you look, we have successful businesses. And a lot of times that's both spouses, both partners have a, have a successful business. We're raising kids who are active. We're active outside of our businesses and hobbies, sports activities. So there's just a lot going on. And it feels like we're just being run. Like instead of our family, like kind of being the source and owning our time. We're just being run by all these things. And what time's left over is we kind of feed off the leftover. So might be a little different, Dan, than what you maybe have talked about with regards to the book, but will you just share some of the principles of like how you've bought back your time? And it actually allows you, from what I see, to be an even more present, active husband and father. Oh, 100%. I mean, and for everybody listening and and Chris, I'm not sure if I ever shared this with you. Like I learned this the hardest of ways. Like I was 28, this was 2008 is May. I'd just come back from working at the office on a Sunday, two in the afternoon. And I had promised my fiance at the time that I'd be home by like 11. Cause she had like some, I, that's how little I paid attention to anything she wanted me to do. Like she probably some, either a baby shower or a friend's birthday. Like she wanted me to go to this thing. And I get home and I walk in the house we had just bought and she's sitting there in tears and just shakes her head. And she just goes, I can't do this anymore. 
and she just drops the ring on the counter and walks out. I and I didn't even try to stop her. Like it wasn't the first time. I figured, okay, she's upset. And dude, that was the last day we'd ever were together. And we were seven weeks away from our wedding day. And like I was a millionaire about to sell my company. I didn't know at the time, but like four months later, sold my company. And it's like here I was, I uh, had success in my life and business from everybody else's perspective. And I was just so horrible at being in a relationship. And that was the moment that I went on a completely different path to try to figure out like, how do I still be me? Because I'm a builder, I'm a creator, you know, I mean, I'm driven, I'm not going to stop. But I also had this desire to be like a family man and have kids and have, you know, really rich relationships with my friends and my family and like be a great brother and son. And, um, over the years, I just discovered like at the end of the day, everybody has the same amount of time. That's an input, right? Time is a constant. We all have the same. What changes is leverage, right? Like what are, what can we apply to our time to get leverage to have a higher output? So if I wanted to increase the amount of output in an hourly investment, I had to find leverage. And there's only four types of leverage. And I got this from my, one of my mentors in Naval Ravikant and it's content, right? You get a lot of leverage from content. You get a lot of leverage from code, software, automation. You get a lot of leverage from capital, dollars. That's how the world works. And then the fourth is collaboration or labor, right? People. And so like, I've gotten really good perfecting all four, but the thing that I wanted to teach the world is just the different way of deploying dollars to buy back time through labor, through collaboration. And that's what I've gotten, I think, really great at. And like, I was inspired by people like Richard Branson, right? That it's the CEO or not CEO, but he owns 400 companies, right? How does he do that and still like travel the world? I, I share this story in the book, but like I got to spend a week with him and watch him execute his life eye to eye. Like I saw him, like how he worked in the morning to jumping on the ski, the chairlift with us and go skiing all day in Switzerland. Like it was fascinating to watch. And I've just been inspired by other people and that's why to me, if somebody's like, what's the core principle? It's, you know, million dollar companies, million dollar lifestyles are not built off $10 tasks, right? And I think in our work, that usually shows up as a really great structure around executive assistant, which I teach, or in our home, and you just met her, Betty, a house manager, right? Somebody dedicated to all aspects of your home that you otherwise would have to do as the husband or the wife, right? And like when you can take those two sets of tasks off your plate and just like, and then, but not, not do anything with it. Like I'm incredibly structured. I, I wake up very early. I execute, but in my perfect week that I designed, I have the date nights, the night off with my buddies. It's actually tonight. I've got time with my kids. I've, I've got the workouts. I've got all the commitments to all the different, you know, CEOs and executives that I, that, that report to me and stuff like that. And like, community commitments. And so it's like, I'm just a big fan of showing people that sooner than they think, right? Because I think a lot of people think it's like, oh, when I'm really rich, I get to have that lifestyle. Nope. You can literally have it sooner than you thought. Because what you do is you buy back time to reinvest in things that either make you more money or let you up. And if you do those time trades efficiently, then you can actually grow a business, build a business you don't grow to hate. So that's that's the principle, man. How to how to buy back your time, and the buyback principle states that you don't hire people to grow your business; you hire people to buy back your time. It's it's 
don't hire for capacity, hire for your calendar. Yeah, this is interesting. And I think there's so many cool applications for a family. So what I heard you just say is you look for ways to buy back your time. And with that time, you use it to make more money or, and, or, or yep. do things that light you up. Go so, to the gym. Yeah. Go right? to the gym, spend, go, go to on a date night. Soccer game, yeah. date, whatever it is, make those so investments. I'm, I'm guessing back in 2008, when you came home and, and, and if you guys didn't catch in Dan's story, it was a Sunday. So he'd probably already worked six days that week. It was. A oh seven. yeah. I was hundred hour weeks. No problem. Yeah. I'm guessing not only did you not have a structure around time that worked in your relationship, you probably didn't have as a structure that worked around time just in your life. Like zero. Like you, you, you're, you, were, you a, were you as committed to your health and fitness as you are now back then? No, I was 40. You see, I don't know if you've seen pictures, but I was, yeah. I, was, I was fat. You know, like what happened was, is I just, I heard all this stuff about like, you just have to do that, right? In business to be successful. And I had two failed companies and I was doing everything I could. I hired a business coach, an e-myth coach. I was like, showing up, doing the work, traveling 200 days a year on the plane. And, and, and what I got really good at is being productive with my time. But because I was so obsessed with that, I, I literally had zero concern, interest in anybody else in my life. Like my best friend would have a birthday party. I would show up with my laptop. Like if you ever meet my buddy, Nick Hanson, he'll tell you like Dan was, there was this period of Dan's life where he was the weirdest dude to be friends with. Cause like he wasn't there. He physically was there, but he wasn't there, man. And yeah. like, and I remember like, I was like, we're having a conversation and I'm thinking about this proposal I got to get back to, or I'm thinking about like this person I got to call to close a new hire or whatever. Like there was zero part of my life that was so, so what I realized is like, all oh, right, I want to do that. I still want to build this empire, but at the same time, I need to be present. I need to be thoughtful. I need to have the space to commit and deliver on those commitments and it required a different way to approach it yeah no and i love that uh i love that not only did you start to be more intentional about time in your business but like in every area of your life and, and i don't know if you picked up what dan just said he's like yeah i know the nights that date night scheduled i know the nights that like i hang out with my buddies that schedule i know like the times that i hang out with my kids and I'm sure it doesn't all work in a perfect world right like things come up and and you know, your family, but you have this structure you've committed to that you can outsource just the heavy lifting and the craziness to the structure and the structure should, if the structure does its job, it works. So what would you say? I have a feeling of what you would say to like an entrepreneur who comes to you, who's like, I have no time. I'm just run ragged. What would you say to a family knowing the principles, you know, now, because that's one of the biggest challenges Melissa and I constantly hear is from families. Right. I, and I've said that it's like, man, we're just, we just feel like we're just kind of run ragged. Like, like we yeah. outsource our family to, and our time and our commitments to all these things. If someone wants to start taking back some of their time or buying it back in small doses as a family, even some simple things, like what would you, what would you tell them to do? Well, there's a few things. I actually, in the book, chapter three is all about the time assassins because unfortunately, a lot of these challenges are self-inflicted, right? Like people for lack of discipline and scheduling and thinking and prioritizing, they create these things, right? They don't have a clear vision of what they want their family to look like. So that way they don't have a way to say yes or no to new opportunities today. And then without that, they just say yes to stuff and then they regret it later. So like, well, and I, and I feel like in that way, Dan, families are run and we have been at times, I fall on this, you're run by like all the things you should do and you're yeah. supposed to do. And there's a lot of like expectations of what you should be doing and what you're supposed to be doing. 
and you say yes to enough shoulds and supposed tos, yeah, you wake up one day and you're like, what happened? Like, how how are we so chaotic and frantic all the time and just yeah, overcommitted? You, you end and up climbing this ladder of family success that you thought you were supposed to climb. And then you get at the top and you're like, oh, crap, we're leaning this ladder against the wrong wall. That's the life I wanted on that wall. This is not what I thought, but you didn't have a way to correlate the decisions of today to the future it was creating, right? Okay. So sorry, I interrupted. So chapter three. Yeah. And then so for me, it's all about, you know, a time and energy audit, right? Like both the wife and the husband should sit down and audit their time. Like where are they spending time in their family? And write down, like highlight what lights you up that you want to do and, and what you don't want to do. It takes your energy. And then also put a dollar sign, one to four dollars on like, if I had to pay somebody to do this, is it a one dollar thing or, or like really expensive, right? And then what you end up, if you do that time and energy audit, which is what I do with every one of my clients, like a coach, is you'll end up with this bucket of stuff that's low value, energy sucking stuff. And for a lot of people, most homes, it's things like laundry, cleaning, meal prep, right? Now that's level one level stuff. Like, yeah. But that might, say, that might sound so crazy to people because they're like, what would my mom think? Because she judged me for not being able yeah, to you, my house. Can we talk about this a little bit? Like yeah, the that's the real. shame that comes in. All like, of it. Yeah. People that people that probably could, let's just say you're a family that you can afford to you could afford you can afford to pay just for one of those things to be outsourced. Yep. Or maybe you can pay for all of them, but what comes up is like, but I'm supposed to do all the laundry. I'm supposed to clean my house. I'm supposed, I'm to, mow supposed my lawn. to make all the food. I don't want I'm my neighbor to... to see me not mow my lawn. He's gonna judge me. He's gonna be like, oh, he's too busy to mow his own lawn. Yeah. So so okay. So now you're you're helping me with this time energy. You're helping me with this time energy audit, right? And let's say you yeah. and I because we are, let's say you were helping Melissa and I with this. Yeah. We identify on one to four. We identify a bunch of low value things that suck our time and energy that we don't like that we could afford. And the first thing that comes up for us though is like some of this like guilt and shame. What would my mom think? How what what do you tell us around that? Well, we double click, but I mean, a few things that I believe that the 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 new beliefs you want to adopt, right? Is when you hire people to support you, and that's the language I use, support you, you're creating jobs. So if you're you want to be a them. Yeah, if you want to be selfish and like hoard onto that money for yourself and not support your community, then don't do it. Hmm. But I don't think you're selfish. It's a so great perspective. That. Yes. And that's true. That helped one of my clients, Aaron. He, his wife was like adamant, I'm not getting a house cleaner. I can do it. I don't want, but yet she would say, I don't have time to go to the gym, time for my friends. You know, I can't say yes to the lunch I got invited to on Friday. And he was making like, you know, 400,000 a year. So like, hiring somebody for a few hundred dollars a week or a month or whatever it is to come in. And guess what? He finally sold her on like, hey, let's create employment in our community. There are, there are people of faith and they wanted to like support their community. And that person that now comes is almost full time and they can't even see their life without that person in it. And what a blessing okay. it is probably to that person. Huge blessing, huge blessing. And like, that's just the reality. So, and there's that. And then there's like, you know, people say to me, well, I like to mow my own lawn. It's like, great, well, go mow your neighbor's lawn. Well, I don't like to do it that much. Then you don't like to do it. Because I like to talk to entrepreneurs and I would do that in another hour for free, but I'm not mowing my lawn, cleaning my stuff, whatever. And I'm not so the that's a, Okay, that, so that's a, that's a really good... So if someone does say, but I like to test whether that's true, it's like... Go do your well, neighbors. Would, would you go do your all your neighbor's dishes? And if someone's like, yeah, actually I would. I would just go do it and hang Perfect. out and talk to them. Yeah, like, you're a person of service. That's beautiful. I totally, I'm totally game for that, right? That's awesome. But, but know when you're saying yes to that, and this is the other belief I would work on you, is 
all the things you say you want, when you say yes to these things that you know are low value and energy suck, you're saying no to those things. There's no dispute. It's black and white. If you're upset because you don't have time to, you know, do the things to be present for your kid's soccer game or, you know, do date night or whatever, it's because of these other areas, right? And like, Yeah, that you're saying yes to. Yeah. And like my kids are not going to, they, they, who makes their lunches is not going to change anything about how much I love my kid. Zero. Yeah. Right. So there's all these beliefs that we have that we got to kind of work through and double click on. And, and what I also tell people to kind of help them kind of like start it, it's just 30 day trial. Just do 30 days. Try it. Just try it. Yeah. And take any one of these areas like, hey, try it. Have someone come in for 30 days and clean your house. One, we don't, yeah. Twice, try once it. every other week for, for a month. Yeah. Have someone come in and meal prep for 30 days. Yep. And guess what? I'll tell you right away. They're not going to do it as good as you. Here's what I believe. 80% done by somebody else is 100% freaking awesome. And you need to set your expectations. 80% done by someone else is 100%, 100 freaking, awesome. freaking awesome. I love that. So helping people kind of like, you know, I know where they're going to hit these roadblocks and like get them there first and then like work backwards and just look at the end of the day, as long as a person's competent. And like when we hire new people that come into our house, we like try to find three qualified people. We run them through our test process and like, pick the best person, right? Like when I hired our house manager, we had several options. And like one of the sneaky things I do is I actually ask to go see their car. And I can tell if I go to somebody's car and it's a mess, you don't have what I, because that's my car. My car's a mess. I need you to not have a mess in your car because I need you to bring that to my life. Right. Right. So yeah. when I found Betty and I said, can I see your car? And I went in her car and it was organized and she had like those little dividers in her cup holder with little holders and the trunk had like a box with different, I was like, game on, like, <laughs> thank you. So, um, so, so let me ask you about another thing that comes up sometimes when we, when I've talked about this with parents, they'll say, oh, so like the yard one is a perfect one, right? They'll be like, yeah, you're right. Like I don't enjoy taking care of my yard. I would totally be providing a benefit and a blessing to hire someone else who does do that. Right. Cause I'm, I'm supporting them. But like, man, what about like, what am I teaching my kids about hard work though? And like, should my kids be out, you know, when they get old enough Great. to do the yard or like, yeah. So Great question, my kids. So this is what's funny. I got this from Shaq. Shaq said this once and I steal all the time. He said to his kids one day, cause they were acting like little ballers. And he said, boys, I'm rich. You're not. Betty works for me. She does not work for you. She will not flush your toilet. She will not pick up after you. She is not making you dinner. Mm. Betty helps mom and dad and Betty and several times I love her, but like sometimes just out of frustration, she just does it. I have to like write it down and one-on-one -on -one with her every Wednesday we have like lunch and we do a one-on-one -on -one and I have to like be like, Hey, I saw that you picked up the school backpack for Max last Tuesday. Can't do that. Right. I, I deliberately require my kids to contribute to the home just because I have support. I've already done the work. I I've earned that level of support they have not and when we fly dude i fly business they fly coach i have no problem zero i've never we got in trouble the other day because it turns out it's not legal technically <laughs> and uh the gate person was so upset with us and i was like and dude we're talking like like one row in front and and i because the numbers is like we were in like seat four and then it was like 12 but it's just the way the plane numbering happens yeah and I was like, oh, okay, that's a bit much. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll like, one of us will go with the people, one in the back and the front. And then we got there and it was like, I could literally touch their knee 
across the aisle, right? It is like one row back. Yeah. But yeah, like I've I've just I learned a long time ago from one of my mentors that had, you know, he's incredibly wealthy and had beautifully balanced children. And he said, like, just bring your kids in those worlds and don't hide it from them. You might live in a gated community, but you have to show them what poverty looks like. So like we brought our kids to Haiti when they were five, right? We we go and donate our time to like the local food bank and like go and spend time with the unhoused and like go to our community church, which is like this beautiful in, in, uh, intersection between the unhoused community and people of faith. And we, we break bread, you know, together. So like, I've, I've always worried about like, I want to create this like epic lifestyle, but I don't want to create, you know, uh, children that are entitled. Right. Yeah. And I was always worried because like, I grew up with so much chaos and pain and trauma and just like, I had to dig myself out of this crazy hole and then like, kind of like work on myself and overcome all these demons. And I was like, worried. I literally used to have th thoughts of like, maybe when they're like 11 or 12 to like bring them in the woods and run and just like, you know, I thought adversity. that I talked to Ben Greenfield about this. I was like, dude, I, I like, is this the thing I got to do so that they like understand how to take care of themselves? And then I realized when they were like three or four, that if you just let them do stuff, the world will do enough to them. Like this is a, I go to daycare to pick up my kids when they're like four. And I see all these parents like sitting on the bench and tying up their little shoes and zipping up their jackets and, and the kids just sitting there and like, and I'm like, I'm zero. I'm not, I'm like standing and waiting and watching and fumbling. And, and I don't care. I just, I refuse to do it. And I keep telling, you know, everybody around me, like my kids are capable. Yeah. Like they've been cooking their own breakfast for like five years. They're 10. Like they, like young age, probably irresponsibly. I'll be honest with you, Chris, like probably a bit much, but yeah, hot pans and stoves. But I just think like, don't use that as an excuse, right? I think people are worried. Like, I don't want to create that environment. You don't have to, you just got to be more intentional. Yeah, no, but I, I just love like, cause this idea though, what this whole idea of time is like, I think all families struggle with it, but especially you throw in the fact, like if you're, if you're an entrepreneur, you own a business and, and here's, what's interesting. And you and I've talked about this before. It's nothing for us to think about investing in our businesses as entrepreneurs. Like it's so much like, like Dude, if, if we, it, we, we go to events where we're spending like some serious money, right? Like yeah. the last event we hung out, like it's, it's not a charity, like you pay to go. And yet that amount would cover a house cleaner for a year. But, to, but people, you're right. But to then get that same entrepreneur or anyone for that matter, no. think about making that investment in their family to get back some of the time for their family. They'd just be like, there's just so much a, a, a shame and guilt and stories that we make up that get attached to it that just, and like you said, you can't, we, we can't complain about not having enough time over here, but yet we're continually saying yes to things over there that conflict. And that's why that, I, I love that idea of just doing a really honest time audit of like how many energy. You, Time and energy, energy audit of how are you actually spending your time and then taking all those things. And, and if it's, if it's, if you could pay someone else to do it for very little, it's a dollar, right? You put a one next to it. What $1 sign to $4 signs, right? Usually $1 signs is minimum wage or like 10 bucks. And then $4 is like 200 bucks an hour, like pretty high and if you just stuff. started small, like you said, for 30 days around one little area of your family and just experiment with like, and then just see. How did it feel to not be the one doing it? How did it feel? What did you do with that extra time that you now have? I just think like, 
you know, I have, I have clients that go all over the board with this, but like the funny one, as you mentioned, like I have a client that owns like seven supercars and he's complaining that he doesn't have time for his kids. And I'm like, your wife's mad at you. It's like, dude, just get a house manager. Like you can afford it. Sell one of your cars. Like who cares? And it's just so, it's so like, I never thought of bringing what I do in my business. Like that's what people do in business. You hire people to buy back your time. Maybe you're not doing it the way I teach, but that's the fundamental concept of an employee, right? Is to like get more capacity. And yet you don't look at your, your life. Like, I mean, and, and I, I want to inspire people. So I'm not, I'm going to share this to brag, but like when you get to a point where you don't fill up your car with gas, you don't go to grocery stores, you don't run errands, you don't ship stuff, you don't clean things, you don't, you know, refill stuff, right? I call it the bottomless uh, pile or like four season living. Like when you can live in your own home, my buddy, Dean Jackson, literally just talking to him about this this morning. He, he took this level, this four season living because Dan Sullivan talks about him. He says like, I want Babs and I, him and his wife to live in our own home the way we would live in a four seasons, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm hungry, I pick up the phone and make a call. When I, you know, uh, need my clothes done, it just magically gets done, right? Like there's no thinking if I need something, I have a concierge and, and that's four season living. Dean took it to such a level. He literally branded his home, the four seasons Valhalla. He was telling me this and I'm like, really? He goes, oh yeah, we got robes, monogrammed pillowcases, everything. He goes so much so that when guests come to stay at our house, it's a gated community. They think that it's run by the four seasons, like a residence. And he goes, no, we, we, we did that because it's, it's an anchor. It's a reminder of like the quality of life we want to live. But dude, this is a quality of life that most people can have for like $100,000 a year. And it's not un, like, and that's not where you start. You start with like 500 bucks a month, you know, and just start trading up some of that time and learning how to work with other people in your home. Cause it is different, right? Like yeah, having somebody in your personal space is completely different. I get it. Most people ask their, their parents, their family members, you know, they'll, they'll get an au pair. Like I get that you can do that. But like when you can, I mean, it's funny cause I've been doing it for so long that like people are walking in my backyard and I just assume Betty coordinated something. Like, I don't even think about it. Like I've been in my hot dub and like some guys come around cause he's working on like the pond or something. And like, I'm just like, hey, Bob. And like, we've got it where like she has to, she has access to my calendar. So she knows like when I'm doing like the workouts and stuff. So she doesn't schedule certain people around areas I'm going to be like, this is, but these are systems you can create, right? Yeah. It's not a reason not to do it. The first no. time it happened, I wasn't like, hey, this is not working. Uh, I'll coordinate the guy that does the pond cleaning. You know, I didn't say that. I just said, hey, what would we need to change to make sure this doesn't happen again? And we had a creative solution. It's like, hey, here's my calendar. Here's my spots. These kind of things say, don't do this. And I just think it's, it's cool because like, I'll bring up Richard Branson again because I got to spend a week watching him live. Like, dude, check this out. I want people to be inspired. There's levels to this. He has a dedicated executive assistant, Helen, that travels with him all over the world. He has seven homes, okay? Luxury homes, Necker, a lot of people know about, but he's got them in Africa and London and Berbier, Switzerland, all the top places you want a home. What's cool is they're actually all hotels. So like they don't cost them anything. So that's cool. Most people yeah. don't know that. That was like an unlock for me. I was like, oh, I could own homes and they, they're income properties, but they're my homes, right? So that was cool. Uh, Helen travels with them. He has a 90 minute meeting for breakfast every day. She only brings to him things that she doesn't know how to route. She's been with him for 13 years. So she knows how to deal with most things. He doesn't do emails. He doesn't sit on boards. People that want to meet with them have to come to him. That's another big one 
right? So he doesn't, he doesn't go anywhere. I was there when the, the CEO of Virgin Atlantic took a plane, jet, helicopter to meet with them for about 45 minutes on the patio. And then he came in and he introduced them to all of us. And I asked him, I was like, what were you guys talking about? If you don't mind me asking. And he's like, oh, we just bought these new Airbuses. And I wanted him to know because he doesn't come to board meetings. And I didn't want him to be surprised. I'm like, all right, there's levels to this shit, man. Like, I mean, I need to bring people to me. But guess what, Chris? I do that now. Somebody wants to meet with me. Hey, come to my house, right? Like, I'm not going to meet you for coffee because that's 15 minutes each way. That's 30 minutes. Like, I love you and I want you asking for my time. I need you to meet me halfway. I do workouts with people. I organize meals with people. I, I met, dude, I've had people meet me in airports. It's like, hey, man, I'm actually in your city at this time. I'll come out of security. We'll have a conversation and then I'll go back in. Right. So, like, but it's just ways. like, it's realizing what, like you're saying, like, it is realizing that, like, a lot of people just, you, you don't even think about that as a possibility until you see someone else and you're like, oh, like, but it can start like to, to the smallest level of like, oh, I, I never even considered having someone Dude, else meal prep. Like, we had, we had a chef at our house and I don't know, like maybe it was like $20 a meal per person, which sounds like a lot for a lot of people. But like when we looked at like how much we were spending on like Grubhub or like eating out and also the quality of the meal and the consistency of like the nutrition and like health aspect versus going to a restaurant and, you know, feeling a little wild and going for some pasta and then some dessert. Right. Whereas the chefs, you know, you tell him what you're having and he just makes it. So there's no like, there's no menu, right? So it's like, right, this is what it is. It's consistent. So like, there's all these other benefits and most people don't realize on just like meal prep and like not going to a grocery store, not like all this time you, you don't consider. And like, you can even, I remember one time, uh, like five, six years ago, we had a woman I found at the farmer's market and she would do the meals for like 12 bucks, dude. She was like selling them at the farmer's market and she was just in love with us and she would deliver them to our house for $12 a meal all my wife had to do is like heat it up. Yeah. And like, well, that's it was what, a game changer. I've heard of, I've heard of uh, people posting in their like neighborhood community, like Facebook yep. group, just saying, Hey, we're looking for someone who could make dinner for us, you know, five nights a week. And they can either be prepared ahead of time and we'll freeze them and then heat them up. And they'll find someone on there. Who's like, Hey, my kids just went back to school. I love to cook. They have time. That's my mother-in-law. And it's like, like, she would do it. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, I, I Again, I didn't ever even think that that was possible. Like I, um, when we were living in Hawaii, talk about time energy audit. One, one day, Melissa was just like, you know what just really sucks the energy out of me is like, I do not like driving from the North shore into Honolulu to go to Costco. Like I just love being up here on the North shore. And so BYU Hawaii is there, lots of college students. There was a girl that we already trusted watching our kids. Our kids loved her. And Melissa was like, hey, do you want to make a little extra money in addition to like, you know, watching the kids once in a while? She's like, sure. She's like, if I just do a Costco pickup and Sam's Club have it ordered, you just got to pick it up. Will you just run into town, grab it, bring it home and just put it all away? And girl's like stoked to make a little extra money and take our car. So it was our gas. It's like the greatest return. Dude, on that, was, that was how I like amplified my house cleaning person. So it's like you have a house cleaner. They're working like four hours a week, whatever. Maybe, you know, ours comes, I think, you know, because you know, we have different people, but like, you get to a point where you have somebody you trust and you just ask them like, could you do the Costco runs? Could you do the groceries? Like now our house cleaner, when we're traveling, she coordinates with Betty, our house manager, that she does the groceries for our house before we get back so that the fridge has what we need the morning after when we land at like 11 o'clock at night. And it's like, there's these little hacks that over time you'll learn that you don't even understand how you got anything done before. 
Like, yeah. The amount of time you spend running errands blows my mind for like, even my brother one time I was watching him and he was spending like two days a week, just bringing stuff around. And, and it was in his business. It was personal. I was like, dude, you just need to hire somebody. It's a runner that has a car that just delivers stuff for you and talks to the architects and picks up plans and does this and that. Like you do not need to do it. You're not that special. There's no value you're adding right there. Like get somebody to do that and take well, and those like, two days and grow your business. And one of the things you said earlier that I think you said, and look, you can start, you don't have to be at $100,000 a year or never even get there. You can be $500 a month, but even there's, you know, I'm sure there's people who are listening like, yeah, but I don't, I can't even wrap my mind around $500 a month. Well, that therein is the opportunity of your mindset of like, okay, maybe I'm not in a position right now to do $500 a month or even $100 a month, but what can I do to create that value to get back? So your mind doesn't go to- That's the time trade. You got to figure out like what would need to be true for me to afford that. The beauty is for a lot of this stuff, I would argue, especially if you work from home, like these are business write-offs, right? Somebody that's helping you and your business or you and your time get more time, especially in your home, if your office is in your home, that's an office manager. It's just called something different. Yeah. So then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, I'm paying less taxes. If you have any profit in your business, like if you literally made profit above what you paid yourself, that's where that comes from. Like you don't need that extra thing, buy back your time, but it's a forcing function, right? It's like this belief of worthiness. Like, am I worthy of this? A lot of the people don't feel like they are. I got to grind. I didn't earn it yet. I'm going to keep grinding. The other one is this fear of like, I actually don't know what I would do at that time. Yeah. You know, because right now I'm wasting a lot of time. So th that's the other truth, right? When I tell them this, they're like, they, they immediately know where they're already wasting time. So before they want to hire an executive assistant or even a part-time cleaning person, they're like, I probably should just be a little bit more like uh, disciplined about my calendar because I have the time. I'm just not doing, you know, and it's cool because it acts as a forcing function for people to get really clear. And then, and then if that hits a capacity level, that's when you do this other stuff. Like you bring people in to support you and create jobs, man, and, and build new relationships and like mentor these people. Like every person that's ever, if there's something about me, Chris, that if you spend time around me, it's just the way my energy flows. Those are the people I can do the most things for. Yeah. So, so anybody that's been in my world, in my house, in, in, that, in my team, and they spend physical time around me, I've been able to like up level their lives just through a quick conversation, introduction, recommendation. And uh, I think that's beautiful too, right? Like there's so much opportunity to, to, to give back in the world through that. Amazing. Yeah, I think a thing I want to close with and just piggyback on what you said around this idea of worthiness. You know, it's, it was interesting because for Thanksgiving, we went down and hung out with Melissa's parents and family, did Thanksgiving with them. And it was awesome. And, you know, because I was out of town, I went to three different gyms and just bought a day pass, right? And first of all, it was three interesting. Three workouts in one day? No, no, no. Just, just I just went kidding. to three different, yeah. Yeah, it should be. Next level, you beast. <laughs> and so one guy, I go in, he owns the gym. And I go, I didn't ask how much is a day pass. I just walked in and I go, hey, I'd like to buy a day pass. And he's like, oh, awesome. It's only $20. And I was like, great. You know, the next two gyms I go to are corporate owned gyms over the few days. And I go and I go, hey, I'd like to buy a day pass. And the people working there up front are like, I mean, our, our day passes are $20. Like, are you sure? Like you, you know, cause most gym memberships, that's about what they are for the 40 month. bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I was like, interesting that the person who owned their gym was like, oh yeah, it's only $20. And 
versus the people. But then the most fascinating part, and I was telling my boys this story last night on our drive home, at that third gym, I'm up there buying my day pass. Another guy walks in, in from out of town, probably for the holidays, right? Thanksgiving. And he doesn't say I'm here to buy a day pass. He goes, how much is a day pass? And the girl goes, 20 bucks. And he goes, I'm not spending $20 for just to work out. And he tries to like finagle with him. I'm like, well, that's sorry. And he leaves. And I'm like, that's crazy. Do you realize the message that guy just sent himself? He just, and we don't, but we don't realize he's a little like around worthiness. He's like, he basically told himself, I'm not worth, and my health isn't worth $20. I said, out of principle. My momentum. Yeah. I would have paid a hundred dollars for a day pass, even knowing like that to me, that, yeah, that is ridiculous. That's a bit much. Yeah. But I still would have probably done it. If anything, just out of the principle of like the, the message it reinforces to me, because I used to not think I'm that way at it. all. I used to not think yeah. about being worthy of anything and like, oh, that's too expensive, but that's too much. And so it's like, to me, the most valuable thing that would ever come out of starting to think about hiring people to help you at your house isn't the time you get back. It's the reinforced message you start sending yourself of, I'm a person who matters and I'm a person who's worthy of like possibility. Because with that mindset, you then don't you create anything. Investment. Yep. Dude, that's beautiful, man. I, I'm, if you're okay with that, I might be, I might start sharing that. That's a, that's a good reframe. Yeah. No, it's like little things I used to do. Like even when I, when I started practicing this, if I could pay like $50 more to even just sit three rows closer on an airplane, which again, it's like, that's crazy, but I didn't do it to sit three rows cl closer. I did it to like reinforce a story I was trying to mentality build too. Yeah. Yeah. That I didn't have, like, I didn't believe that. Right. Yeah. It's like, I was definitely like, oh, I'll, I'll pay $50 less and sit in the very back of the plane, which again, in the grand scheme of things, I'm not getting off that much later than everyone else, but it's the message it reinforces, you know? And so I just love this idea, but okay. I would, I would encourage all of you, whether you, and by the way, you're going to get a, a, a double benefit as an entrepreneur because there is amazing principles in buy back your time for your business and all the principles Dan used to create a lot of success. And then I would just encourage you to also look at it through the lens of like, wow, how do we start buying back our time as a family? Yeah, it's at the last chapter is actually buy back your life. And I kind of unpack a lot more of what we talked about because I didn't want to make it the core message, but I wanted to leave people with some very tactical and inspirational and kind of like future visioning opportunities for this lifestyle that that literally and and again i want you to build a business you don't grow to hate mm. and that's what happens if you tripled your business next year and you look at how you're living your life you'd probably wake up one day and and hate it and then the whole the world's at risk because we won't get your genius we won't get your creation we won't get your solutions and to me that's that's my mission that's my movement that's why i built you know my lifestyle this way to to authentically write about it in a way that could demonstrate that because i think like entrepreneurs doing more of that and being more powerful families why i'm so passionate about your work like that's how we cure the world man like it's true totally well dude congrats on the book it's uh it's it's amazing and uh thanks for coming on taking some time man really appreciate it thank you man appreciate you Thank you so much for listening to the Family Brand Podcast. To say thank you, we have something really awesome we'd love to share with you. You know, we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed 
because of the demands that are placed on them. They feel like they're constantly being pulled in so many different directions and spread thin and they're spending time as a family, but they don't feel like it's quality time. They're not really connected and they want to be more intentional. And we can certainly relate because we felt like that at one point in, in our family. And so we created a guide that allowed us to really be more confident around how we spend time as a family and what we say yes to and what we say no to. And it's just brought so much more peace into our home. It's made our lives so much more simple and we want to share it with you. So if you go to familybrand.com forward slash free, you can download the how to take back your family's time guide. And I can promise you, it'll give you more confidence and more peace in your life than your family. One last thing. We feel so inspired when we hear from families that we are making a difference for them. We would love it if you would leave us a five-star rating and a review on the podcast so we can reach even more amazing families. We truly believe that the way we change the world is one family at a time.